we're going to continue and finish in our series now in the deeper life. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, when we get into series like these, it really uh, challenges me. It stretches me. It makes me have to take uh, my own spiritual pulse and see where I'm at. Um, because the reality is no matter who you are, where you're coming from, how long you've been walking with Jesus, um, there's always an invitation into uh, a life that is deeper with him. He's calling us into the depths. Um, once again, just so we're all on the same page, uh, we're, we're focusing in in this series and as we wrap up on this uh, discipleship metric uh, for presence for us, uh, which is specifically talking about soul care or the care of the soul, um, that everybody who comes to the river um, at some point will have to uh, answer this, the, this statement or, or make some kind of a, a judgment on where they are in this, that soul care means I practice honesty, uh, which we heard about a couple of weeks ago, uh, pursue healing in my life, which Anna, we heard last week, um, and know how to maintain a healthy soul. Um, and at any given point, uh, it's important for us, again, to take that pulse or to, to, to look at that in a scale of one to five or even one to ten, whatever works for you, to be able to say, you know what? Um, I, think, I think I'm hiding a lot right now. I'd probably give myself about a three. But the Holy Spirit wants, the good news is the Holy Spirit wants to partner with me to not be hidden, to practice honesty, to, to move the, that uh, uh, I had the word and it's gone now. Uh, to move the dial up a notch. Um, you know, pursuing healing in my life. You know, I've been, I've been, I've, I've got it. I know so many others have gotten this, this illness. Have you pursued healing? Or, or when things are happening to you, do you just grin and take it and, and go, I'm going to tough this thing out? Or do you trust in the one who, who promises that he will heal us, right? Jesus is our healer. Um, you know, when, when I get sick like this, it's a cool opportunity to invite even my little ones to come in and to pray over me, you know? There's opportunity there um, to be able to, to grow and be discipled in in pursuing healing, and then how to maintain a healthy soul, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, a number of years ago, when I, uh, back when I first started seminary, um, I had, I had uh, come out of uh, a ministry experience and then a second ministry experience. One was really uh, not great, and the second one was really good. Um, one focused on, uh, you know, the, the, our focus there led to burnout, and the second one, the focus there was leading to healing. Um, and so I felt like I was at this point where I wanted to take a next step in my own faith journey and my own obedience journey and say, so, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to transition now from, um, you know, going in one career path and direction um, and go into uh, vocational ministry. And about three weeks in, uh, there was a gentleman that I was, I was having conversations with uh, about mentoring me, um, and he had invited Sarah and I into a group to be mentored. Um, and so we were, we were with other couples that were uh, learning how to uh, 
pursue Jesus in this deeper life together. Um, but every time we had a discussion, um, I don't know if, if you have discussions with people and you always have that person that like, tries to just have the right answer. Um, like, doesn't mean it's necessarily like the true answer, but it's the right answer. Um, so he would ask questions, and I would give the right answer. I'd give the right scripture. I'd maybe give the right theological angle on it. Um, but he was asking me questions about my soul. And I didn't know how to ask, answer those questions. Um, and so I thought I was doing great. You know, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, we have these discussions. I'm letting everybody know, like, I know what I'm talking about. So he calls me into his office one day. He sits me down. He, he looks me dead in the eyes. And he just says, do you know what you are? And I thought he was going to tell me I was amazing. Um, he looks me dead deep in the eyes and he says, you are nothing but a head on a stick. And I hated that. Oh, I hated that. My first response was, I'll show you where I'll put this stick if you ever say that to me again, <laughs> right? Um, and then he asked me another question. He says, I think you get what it means to love God with your heart. You love to worship. I think you know what it means to love God with your mind because um, you're, you, you know your stuff. It's like, what does it mean to love God with all of your soul? And I didn't have an answer for him. And so being a good Christian Bible boy, like I was at the time, I went and I looked it up. Jesus gives a great commandment, Matthew chapter 22. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your what, does it say? Your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and greatest commandment of Jesus. He actually says between these two statements he makes, all of the law, all of scripture, all of human history, like our pursuit of God, is summed up right here. It's really, God, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Well, here's the greatest commandment. Be obedient to this one and all of the, everything else is going to work itself out because he works it out, Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. I didn't really fully understand this until I started thinking back to uh, around 2004. Um, that was, you know, for some of you, a lifetime ago. Um, but in 2004, I, I began uh, stepping into this season of my life, which I uh, call the dark season of my soul. Uh, to put it a little more bluntly, this is where I came face to face with all of the junk and the gunk that had accumulated uh, in my inner life and the inside. Um, 
And, and God was desiring to make me a whole person, right? A, a, an all my heart, all my soul, all my mind kind of person and to worship him this way and to be obedient to his command this way. Um, and so I started in this process where, where God was, was beginning to start, and, and I love that you prayed this because you had no idea this is what I was preaching about, but where God started connecting my head to my heart. Because none of us is meant to be a head on a stick. None of us. God created us beautifully complex. And, and he loves to reconnect and rewire. He loves to, to, to get us back to the place where we are operating as we were originally intended, which is unimpeded, uh, going after him with everything that we had. And so this morning, we're going to look at what it actually means um, to maintain a healthy soul. Because I was at a point in my life at, at this time where, where not only wasn't my soul healthy, but, but as I was getting healthy, usually through experiences, you know, um, one of the ways we in the Christian community love to, to, to get healthy is we'll go away on a conference or a retreat, right? And we'll go away and we'll have a couple of days. It's amazing. And we encounter God and he does this deep work in our lives. But then we get back and we have no idea how to maintain or sustain that thing that he did. And we find ourselves right back where we were um, before uh, we had those encounters. So we're going to start this at a very beginning foundational level for everybody in the room so we have a common understanding of what I mean uh, when I'm talking about soul. And the first question that, that I had um, to answer and to grapple with is, well, where is my soul? Because I, I understand my body, right? I, I know I have one, I see it. Um, all of my senses are geared to interacting with the world around me through it. Um, so I get body. Um, in my experience walking with Jesus, I, I, I understand spirit a little bit more. I, I, I understand there's this supernatural component um, to my life that, that is, it's, it's outside of my body, right? That I'm experiencing and feeling and sensing God's presence, um, hearing his voice, uh, learning to discern uh, what it is that he wants me to do with what he's saying, um, that is completely outside of, of like my physical body. So I got those things, but, but the soul one tripped me up. I thought, well, well, why do we even need to focus or think about soul? But Scripture talks about the soul all the time. Uh, Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And so what Paul is, is recognizing and what he's, he's affirming here is, listen, God is at work in you, and he's, he's doing a work in you, and he's sanctifying you, right? That, that means he's inviting you in to, to partner with the Holy Spirit to this life where you're becoming more like Jesus by, by dying to self and um, by, by uh, emptying and then being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're in this partnership with Jesus in this lifelong journey, 
to become more like him. And it's in spirit and in body and in soul. That's great, but still didn't answer my question. Where is my soul? What does this soul thing mean? Um, And then I I read uh, an article by someone named Chantel Johnson. She's the founder of the Soul Care Christian Counseling Services. And long ago, she wrote this. And she gives what what I think is this really helpful uh, definition or understanding of, of where my soul is. And she says this. She says, The soul resides between the physical and spiritual aspects of humans and includes our psychological and mental functions. The word soul is derived from the Greek word psyche, and is often used synonymously as the self of a person. Our mind, our will, our emotions. When I read that, I went, oh, now I understand why he says I'm a hard one, I'm a head, like, head on a stick. Because while while God God has has my mind in the way that I think about things, and while God may have my heart in the way that I'm worshiping him, I realize he, he does not have my will, and he definitely does not have my emotions. God's desire is that we have, we're whole in our emotions. And how we're responding to the world around us. And, and using Jesus as our model, you know, Jesus has deep emotions. Jesus got angry and didn't sin. I have a hard time getting angry and not sinning. Jesus wept for his friends. Jesus Jesus laughed and celebrated. Jesus had deep, deep emotions. Because he, he, he gave that part of his humanity over to the Lord. Remember, Jesus, who's 100% God. We can't forget that he's also 100% human. So that meant his will had to be given over to the Father. Whose will? Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, he prayed. Not even his own. So what she's saying here is that our, our bodies connect us to the physical world, like I talked about. Our spirits are connecting us to the supernatural world. And my soul is the place where I either engage or are affected by one or the other. External things are coming at me. Um, I'm processing them in the place of my soul. The Lord's doing a deep work in me. I feel the Spirit bubbling up, moving in me, and the work is being done in my soul. So I have good news for you all. You have a soul. Despite my, maybe people have joked or told you, you do have one. Um, and so I, I said, okay, I understand now. Okay, I have a soul. I understand where the soul is, kind of what the soul's function is. Um, so then why do I need to take care of my soul? All right, I'm walking you through my, my progression here. Um, 
Why didn't he take care of it? So, so looking through Scripture, I, I, I pulled together a couple of things then, and I'm going to share them with you now. Scripture became pretty clear to me that, that your soul needs care like when other people hurt you. Paul's writing to the Galatians, and he says, you were, you were running your race well. And then he asks this question, who, who cut you off? Basically, Paul's just saying, like, hey, hey, church in Galatians, like, who hurt you guys? Right? You were running, and then something happened. And you stopped running. What happened? And we all have that. We're running. We're like, Jesus, yes, I'm I'm being obedient. I'm walking with you, and and things are really good. And then something happens in our life. And and for some of us, it's it's at the hands of another person, and it cuts off the, the move of God. I've had so many conversations with people over the years where they've said things like, I was so passionate about Jesus, and then this happened. And it's just an acknowledgement that, that external things that become internalized to us, right, hurt us in such a way that, that it shuts off the flow of the move of the Spirit of God in our lives. When others hurt us, that happens. When sin gets in the way, um, it, it, it means that our souls need care. First John 1 John 1.9 um, talks about uh, the care of our soul. Hebrews 12, even, that's not on there, talks about the sin that entangles us. Our reaction to um, the way that we're perceiving pain, the way that we're processing our pain, oftentimes leads us into sin. That sin is the separation from God and even separation from the community of God. And it's often found just in self-protection and preservation. I will never trust or believe this way again because this is what happens when people do that. And that's not true. Especially when it's at the hands of uh, or the voice of another. And my soul absolutely needs care when I am weary. When I am weary. Jesus' great invitation there in Matthew to, to allow us to, to give him our burdens and be the one who, who carries them for us when we are weary. It needs care any time. It's not just limited to this list. Um, your soul needs care at any time. Any time there's something to, to grieve in our lives is a moment where our souls need care. And that doesn't always have to be the things that we perceive as big things. Sometimes small disappointments and small pains pile up and become a really big block in our souls. So I want to share with you, and, 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 and not only is it any time, but it's to anybody. This isn't limited to a few people. This is an invitation to, to anybody um, to enter into this kind of care. So I'm going to share with you what was stirring up in me during this, this dark period uh, of my soul. Um, when others hurt us, uh, I was dealing with very severe verbal and emotional abuse that uh, had been dished out at me when I was growing up. 
And the Holy Spirit said, it's time to deal with this because you've closed off sections of, of your soul, of your heart, of your mind, um, that I want to I wanna redeem and make whole. And, and I need access. Um, my sin was getting in the way, the response that I had to that pain, how I protected or even medicated myself so that I didn't have to feel it. Right? Um, was getting in the way and, and blocking up the flow of the Spirit of God in my life. Um, and honestly, the burden just seemed too heavy. And it was way easier to just try to ignore it. Um, would you ever see somebody that's carrying around a big burden? Right? Whatever's going on in your soul usually manifests physically. Um, I've had many times where I've prayed with people and they're like, I don't know, I've got this pain and it's like right here all the time. And it feels like it's just, it's like, it feels like a weight on your shoulders. Yeah. What burdens are you carrying right now? What, what weight have you placed on your own shoulders or someone else's place there that's causing you to actually physically respond to it? It's manifesting physically in your body right now. Um, so I had all of those things that were going on, and I, I got to this point, and I just went, my soul needs care. It just does. I'm broken, I'm a mess, and it needs care. Dallas Willard uh, talks about our soul this way. He says, our soul is like an inner stream of water. Right? That's a great picture. Which gives strength and direction and harmony to every other element of our life. When that stream is as it should be, we are constantly refreshed and exuberant in all we do. Because our soul itself is then profusely rooted in the vastness of God and in his kingdom. And all else within us is enlivened and directed by that stream. Everybody feels that way right now, right? I'm exuberant and enlivened by the stream of the water of God in my heart, in my life, in my everything right now. Straw poll, I'd probably tend to say most of us are not feeling that right now. I'm not feeling that right now. This has been a really hard six weeks to start 2020. I don't know how about y'all are feeling, but most of the conversations I'm having in here and outside of here, people are going, what did we do for, for 2020 to start like this, right? Between like, and, and God doesn't work that way. He doesn't do stuff to us, by the way, right? That is outside of his character. So let me just start there. Um, nor do we believe in karma. So nothing you did caused this. But sickness has been crazy, Right? I got hurt right before Christmas, hurt my back. Then my whole family got sick in January. Then my uncle died. And then I've been down for two weeks. And I think part of that two weeks has been my body going, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, come on. We're people, I hold the title pastor, but I'm a dude and life gets hard, (laughs) right? And so... We all have to come to this place where we just go, man, 
there's, I'm, I'm spiritually blocked up right now. My soul is like, is, there's, 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 the flow is just not happening. And when these pains and, and our sin and, and just life happening to us come, comes in, they become what Dallas Willard is saying here, they become like, like rocks, right, that, that start to pile up and they start to dam the flow of the stream, uh, of this inner stream of, of the Spirit of God in our lives. Um, so Scripture talks about your spirit's like water to my soul. Your spirit's like water to my soul. When that's blocked up, my soul becomes parched and, and malnourished and longs for... Um, longs for the waters to flow again. And we can gauge when it happens to us because when it does, um, we usually feel a bit like this, right? Like, you know when your soul needs care because all of the lights on the dashboard of your inner life start flashing. All of them. For me, they all start flashing. I start getting snippy. And not just this, this two weeks, I give myself a little... You know, I'm taking like that steroid, so now I'm hulking it a little bit um, to get my breathing right. But in, a, in my normal state, I'm, I'm getting agitated and irritated pretty quick. There's probably something going on in my soul. If, if I find that, that I'm telling half-truths about things, there's probably something going on in my soul. And if I don't deal with those things... As they're coming up, they pile up and pile up, and I find myself running completely on empty. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask people, and you know, if you know me, I'll come up and I'll say, hey, how are you doing? Um, and, and I'm fine, I'm okay, whatever the nicety is, that's, that's okay. My trigger word, just letting you know, is I'm tired. It's my trigger word. Um, Pastorally, I have a pastoral trigger word, um, is when people say, I'm tired, um, I found that usually that doesn't mean that they're not getting enough sleep. It usually means they don't have language to say, my soul is weary. And so oftentimes my follow-up question will be, how's your soul? Are you, are you spending time in God's presence? We'll talk about what it means to maintain this a bit in a little bit, but I think there's a deeper thing going on in, in us when we make that statement, and I'm as guilty of making that statement as anybody else. But nobody talks like that anymore, do we? We don't say, I'm, my soul is weary. I mean, it's time to, to, to reclaim some language that actually... Um, enables us to, to speak about what's going on in our inner world. See, again, your soul is going to flash warning signs. The dashboard lights will go off because you need to be connected to God. One of my favorite writers is a guy named John Ortberg. He's a pastor out in California now. Um, and I had a chance to, to meet him a few years ago and um, hear him talk about the soul. And I love the way he talks about the soul. And, and he says this. He says, The soul seeks God with its whole being because it is desperate to be whole. The soul is God-smitten and God-crazy and God-obsessed. 
My mind may be obsessed with idols, and my will may be enslaved to habits, and my body may be consumed with appetites, but my soul will never find rest until it rests in God. Never. Soul is the one thing you can't placate with other things. It is, it is always hungering after connection with God. Um, John even recognized this when he wrote, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go with you, and this blessing is given, even as your soul is getting along well. He recognized that, that even though your body may be good and that everything else in your world seems okay, uh, that he wants to bless what God is doing in their souls as well as their souls are learning to get along. And so here you go. How do we maintain this thing called the healthy soul? Um, we've already learned it. These last three weeks in this series, we, we've talked about these things in depth. And so really, our landing point today is just a recap of what we've already learned. Um, if you haven't listened to the messages from this series, go on to the website, therivercma.org. You can listen to the podcast, and there's a much more in-detail uh, uh sermon on each one of these points uh, that's available to you there. Um, but here's how you maintain it. First, you go deeper in his presence. Go deeper in his presence. How do you do that? Get deeper. Go make space. Pray. Read scripture. Be filled by the Holy Spirit. Have encounters daily with Jesus. Daily encounters with him. Not conference and then take a year off and then another conference. Not Sunday and then we'll see you again in six weeks and then another Sunday. This is a, this is a discipline to engage. That, that means engaging, engaging him when you don't feel like it. If any of you have lived in a family, in a house full of people, um, you have to engage people every day even when you don't feel like it. You have to. Even if you try to hide, they will find you, right? Because you share space. Well, you share this space when you are in Christ with the Holy Spirit. You can't avoid him. So we might as well encounter him. We go deeper into his presence. And when we do, we practice honesty. And practice this honesty with God and in community. A good, uh, it might have been Rob or, or another, I've heard this phrase a lot of times, but it is so true. Your soul is only as sick as your secrets. Your soul is only as sick as your secrets. And so it's time to get honest. And honesty is messy. But that's okay. Jesus can handle messy. He loves messy because he likes to take things that seem messy and broken and bring them to order, redeem, and restore them to make them restored. Actually, it doesn't mean just like before, but better. And then we pursue healing in our gatherings on Sunday morning. When we call for the the prayer, listen, when we call for those folks to come up and pray, we want to pray for healing. 
your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, all of your strength, all of it. Because Jesus is our healer. Scripture makes that really clear. Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. Right? On the cross he took our sickness and our sin. He's, there's healing in the atonement of Christ. He is our healer. He's, he is making our bodies, our minds, our souls at one with the Father. That's what we prayed uh, in, when we pray things like in Pearl River as, is, as it is in heaven, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's because we believe the things of heaven can be true on earth and healing can come. And we've seen God move miraculously in healing in this place. I like to say we, we've, we've seen um, the lame walk, right? We've seen the deaf hear. Um, we've seen people get free. Still looking for, for the blind seeing, though. Um, but I have faith that that will happen. But pursue healing, the gatherings, in our communities during the week, in your own living rooms, in your houses, when you pray um, in the morning, or if you have kids, when you pray with your kids, invite them in to pray for healing. Get counseling if you need it. Get it. I'm giving you permission. Go get counseling. Deal with that thing that you've, you've been stuck, that place you've been stuck all these years. Deal with it. No cost. No, you can't put a cost on freedom. You just can't. And again, Paul's writing, he says, listen, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Uh, one last story, and then uh, we'll land this plane today. Um, a number of years ago, I, I had an opportunity to be a spiritual director to a group of young men who were uh, going after deeper life stuff. And one of them, uh, in one of them, I saw a young me, a head on a stick. And I thought, huh, maybe I didn't go through all that soul care stuff just for myself. Maybe this was for somebody else. And so through all of our conversations, he had all of the right answers and he knew all the right things to say about God and who God is and, and, and how God operates. But it became very clear he had never experienced any of those things. And so we had a retreat and a, there's a part of this retreat where uh, we get six hours to send people off to go have some, some directed time with God. And for this one gentleman... Um, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Tim, you, you need to only allow him, don't let him take his Bible with him into the woods. That sounds awful, right? You're going to go spend time with God, but don't take your Bible with you in the woods. He's not allowed to take a journal. He's only allowed to take his backpack. I said, okay. 
And so off I send him into the woods with a backpack with these instructions and a Sharpie <laughs> with these instructions. I want you for the next six hours to, to be a collector. I said, your entire life you've been collecting um, these things that you believe about yourself that aren't true. You've been collecting these experiences that have caused you pain um, and you've been carrying them around. So for the next six hours, I want you to find rocks and pick them up and write, as you do, say, okay, Holy Spirit, which one is this? And then write the pain or the, the experience or whatever it was on that, put it in your backpack. And I'll be back. Oh, and you're not allowed to sit down. This is awful, I know. Um, because I expected, you know, he'd go and find little rocks. So six hours passes. We go and we find him and he's leaning against a tree. He's drenched in sweat. Um, one arm on his backpack had already started to tear. The other one was barely holding on and that backpack was full of rocks. Um, and I went, is this all of it? And he goes, no. I said, where are the others? And he pointed and over uh, just on the other side of the tree were like boulders, rocks, huge ones piled up. I said, oh man, okay, what I, what I want you to do, I want you to start with this backpack, what's in your pack. I want you to take, it, take each one out, say what it is, and then say, Jesus, I'm not going to carry this anymore. Throw it. And so he did, and as he started, I went and went and found the other guys that were in his group. And I said, hey, he needs our help. And so I collected them from their spots, and we all came back and found him, and he was kind of getting to the last one. Um, and they were kind of cheering him on, because that's what community is supposed to do when we start dealing with our brokenness, right? We don't go, oh man, you're really messed up. I need to stay away from you. We go, no, God is doing something in you, and I'm going to cheer you on until it's done, right? And so we're cheering him on. He's doing this thing. And then he's just exhausted and sweating and like you see the joy and the relief starting to come over him though and he turns to this pile and we all stopped and we went no stop and two by two guys went over i don't even know how he picked these up because it took two and they picked up the rock and they held it and he named it and then they tossed it and they said these burdens were too heavy for you and they've been carrying them. They've been heavy for a really long time, and you don't have to carry them anymore. We're going to help you get rid of these. And so he did. Um, I get an opportunity to see him every once in a while whenever I get to go out west. And he always tells that story. In fact, the day that I met his fiance, um, he, he said, This is Tim. He made me carry rocks around for six hours. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, God changed and transformed him through that experience. And that's the goal. And, and, and I want to invite you in. And, and I know we talked about this in September, but we developed a discipleship pathway here at the river um, that talks about what your next steps are. If some of you are newer in the community here, um, we love having you walk with us. Uh, starting next month, we're going to be doing a River 101, kind of like an orientation. Uh, you know, we'll give you lunch, but it's just sitting down and saying, 
here's who we are, here's what we believe and why we do things the way that we do and answer any of the questions that you have. Along with that, Sarah and I are picking open tables back up. Uh, open tables, just dinner at our house. No deep conversation, just getting to know other people. Um, and those will be happening once a month for folks who are new in the community here. If you've gone through that, then you start the process of belonging, joining a river community. That's where a lot of this stuff is meant to happen. That's where the, the helping one another un, throw away the burdens um, happens. We don't often have enough time on a Sunday morning. Um, but there, it's a little more focused, and we can, we can dive into these things and pray for one another. Part of that belonging may mean you say, you know what, it's time for me to belong to this church body and, and partner with us as, as a member of the church. Um, but part of this, this process is healing. We want healing to be a very regular part of our discipleship process here. That if nothing else, while you're with us for as long as God has you here, um, you always have opportunity to pursue healing. And soul care is, the care of your soul is, is, is the best way to do that. And so you asked in the past, why don't we do this thing? Why don't we have like a class for this or a group for people going through this kind of thing in their lives? Um, and I kind of have language for this now. You know, we, we, could, we could do a marriage seminar or a course, right? We could. With people that could teach it. I feel like what that does is it just gives you some good um, tools to help manage what's going on in your marriage right now. But what's really going on is an issue of the soul. And until the soul stuff is dealt with, Everything else is a Band-Aid. We've got to deal with the soul stuff. Soul care, the care of your soul becomes a very important part of what we do here and then hopefully to launch you into leadership. So starting this next Sunday, running for six weeks, we're, we're taking a particular approach to the care of your soul. Um, this is not the be-all, end-all or the only thing we do. Soul care is a year-round thing that we engage but this course focuses in specifically on uh, seven key areas uh, of your soul. I love the first, the first week talks about unpacking the suitcase of your soul, right? Because we carry a lot of stuff around. And we learn to allow the Holy Spirit to, to unpack uh, what we're carrying around for us. Um, and so uh, this runs for those six weeks. Like I said, there is going to be childcare available. Um, <laughs> And while we do, we do love that our, we are paying our babysitters, by the way. So um, the church is, is taking care of a good portion of the cost of this. But we are asking that you contribute a little bit. Um, but if you need help, let me know. Do not let that keep you from never, ever anything we do. Let that keep you from encountering Jesus. We go on a retreat, and you're like, I don't think I can, I can, I can handle the cost of that. Talk to me. We have benevolence. We've got all kinds. Of, we can make it work. I got people I can call tomorrow, and it'll be covered. Okay? We got we to gotta go after this stuff, folks. 
We do. Um, not just for our own sakes, but for the sakes of folks like my, my friend who, who had all those things he's carrying, because you all have those people in your lives too. So you can jump on the Church Center app. You can register for Soul Care. Please register. Please register this week, maybe by Friday, um, so I know how many leaders I need, because um, I've got leaders trained and ready to go. We just need folks in the, in the course itself. Sound good? So we can maintain a healthy soul. I want to pray for you. I'm going to invite Anna to come up, and she's going to lead us to the table. Um, I'm going to invite you just just to put your hands out open in front of you. And we're just just going to pray this really simply. You just pray right where you're at and just say, Jesus, I am open to whatever you want to do in me. Whether, Whether it's a way I've experienced it before or not. I give you my yes. I, I leave to you the care of my soul.